Welcome to the Live Well, Perform Better podcast. My name is David Duggan, and I'm the director of Below the Line, a business specialising in helping people, teams, and organisations raise their levels of consciousness, inner potential, and performance. I am part of a team made up of experts from the worlds of business, elite sport, adventure, and health and well-being. We are coaches, mentors, and advisors to some of the world's biggest companies and organisations, as well as smaller businesses, entrepreneurs, and people looking to make their mark on the world. Our guiding mantra at Below the Line is live well, perform better. What does that mean, you might ask? Good question. Maybe the easiest way to describe it from our perspective is finding the formula that works for you when it comes to things like looking after your physical and mental health, running your business, developing your career, leading your people, or simply being able to show up as brilliantly as possible into your own life, both for yourself and those around you. That's why each week I sit down with a member of our team or an invited guest for a conversation that focuses on the question, what do the words live well, perform better mean to you? This question is a way into exploring with people from a range of different backgrounds, industries and disciplines, what are the practices, techniques, habits or ideas that they use to help them to show up and be at their best in all areas of their lives, whether that's as CEOs, leaders or managers, or as parents, family members, or friends. We keep it short and sweet so that you can extract all the good stuff and get on with the rest of your day and hopefully put some of this knowledge, experience, and expertise into play for yourself. This week, I'm joined by a very special guest, Miriam Cairns Hussey. Miriam is a colleague of mine in Below the Line, as well as the co-founder of SoulSpace, an online health and wellbeing platform and community. Miriam's career path has seen her go from training as a qualified pharmacist to becoming an integrated health, wellness and nutritional coach, as well as yoga instructor. Miriam is someone from whom I have learned a great deal in the time that I've known her, and this conversation was no different. She spoke to me about the personal motivations and beliefs that inspire her work, and how, as a business owner and mother, she applies the expertise that she shares with others to manage herself and her own well-being much of which stems from a deep exploration and understanding of the ongoing relationship that she has with herself. You can subscribe at www.belowtheline.ie where you can stay up to date with our podcast as well as exclusive online events and sessions including our Press Pause community and our online programs. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Um, Right, I'll ask that so, why do you do what you do? I do what I do because I, I believe that we have all been placed here uh, on this planet in this lifetime at this time with a given purpose, gift or service. And my service to the world is to help people make manifest their own light within. It's to help people see their own light, bring it, bring it forward, emanate it into the world. My main purpose or mission in life is to help people find their way in terms of knowing that they're enough, first and foremost, and knowing that they matter. And my big, big passion in life is to reignite people's light, as I already mentioned, but also to allow people or give people the permission to live a life of more ease and grace to let people know and understand that deep within all of us, there's a capability 
and there is an infinite source and well of peace. And that if we get out of our way and if we create the environment, both internally and externally, we can help ourselves and we can make manifest that peace so that we can live a life that is more in flow, a life that is more at ease and a life that has more uh, contentment, joy and love. Wow, that's all. <laughs> um, as I've known you, Miriam, over the last few years, um, and I listened to you, you know, articulate that, I also know that you've been on your own journey to kind of do that for yourself. So um, could you talk to me a little bit about that? Because I, I think, you know, you're now standing out into the world in front of people, you know, um, articulating that message. But I know that, you know, you haven't just arrived at that place kind of um, very easily. Yes, Dave, absolutely. And, you know, you've known me a long time now and you've seen me from my, I would say, infancy into growth and uh, evolution. And I'm still on the journey. And I think we as human beings are always on a journey and always evolving. And I don't think we're ever you know, we're, we're never the finished product and the fully polished. And I think that's what makes us beautiful. It's, it's our vulnerability, it's our realness, it's our rawness, um, and it's, it's our humanity, you know. Um, but yeah, my journey has been, you know, evolving for years and years. Um, I started off, you know, uh, working as a pharmacist. Um, I spent 10 years working as a community pharmacist. And I suppose in that journey, I learned so much about myself first and foremost but also about health well-being um, and what happens more importantly when something is taken away from us in the in the form of our health or ill health and I started to really excavate and explore disease which is that lack of ease and look beyond the pill for every ill sensation so when I was trained in in pharmacy it was a very western approach to how we treat illness um, and I felt like I was working in a sick care system instead of a health care system whereby you're working backwards to try and you know heal the symptom as opposed to looking forward to prevent the sickness arriving in the first place um, and for me I started to just expand my own lesson learnings I always had this draw within me from a teenager um, into kind of holistic well-being. I always had a huge interest in things like nutritional well-being. I had a huge interest in movement and, and exercise. I had a huge interest in the mind-body connection from a very early age. And I credit that actually to my mom who gave me Louise Hayes' book when I was like 12, I think. Um, and that started to, I suppose, open my mind into things like affirmations, the connection between our mind and body, um, and as I went through, I kind of forgot that I was as I was in college. And then it wasn't until I was really out back working in the real world um, that I was kind of aha moment started to come to me where I was like, God, all of these things that go on in our external world are in our lifestyle, such as, you know, our relationships, such as our thoughts, our emotions, uh, our career, uh, exercise, movement, food, nutrition. How do these impact our well-being? And, and you know, they absolutely do but I wasn't trained in that. So I started to extend my, my own knowledge, learning in things like nutrition and well-being, in yoga and meditation and yoga psychology. And I suppose while I was on that journey in my own professional career, it just opened my own 
uh, blew my own heart and mind open to all of these explorations, which got me doing my own work and going deeper into my own journey. And I suppose for me, a lot of my journey, you know, and I think it resonates with a lot of young women. Uh, there's a huge pressure on the external, how you show up, your appearance, your body weight, size, image. And that was huge for me where I put my emphasis, um, my success was defined by how I looked and how I showed up, um, which got me in a negative relationship with food. Um, and all of that spiraled really when I was kind of in a place where I wasn't in alignment to my soul's calling and purpose. So when I was out of alignment, all of these kind of chaotic uh, things started to unfold and I started to turn to things to try and numb and soothe. But really what I found when I went on my own journey through my own um, psychotherapy, health support, was that I started to unravel the ball of wool and literally get to the nooks and the crooks and the, and the, the root of what was unearthing it all. And it was really, I wasn't happy in my career at the time. Um, relationship wasn't really fulfilling me. A lot of my primary cornerstones were, were out of whack. And when this happens, so your lifestyle becomes out of, out of, out of alignment, out of flow. Your nervous systems comes out, system becomes out of balance because then there's a lot of stress in your life, which impacts so many of the functionalities and the biology, chemistry, and the, and the physiology within the body, which then got, got me to crave more sugar and foods because I was always tired and maybe my mood was low and that mind or that gut brain axis was out of, out of whack my serotonin then wasn't being uh, made correctly so what I'm saying is it's a long-winded answer but my journey uh, started with my passion for uh, a grow or a love for health real like preventative holistic integrative health which then opened up my own personal journey to find my own way into harmony or into a, a space where I now feel like I'm in alignment to what I'm doing or how I'm serving the world. That's not to say that I don't fall off kilter. Absolutely, I do. My default is I give too much and then I get tired and burnt out and I have to really watch that. It's a mm. red flag for me. But once I have my tools and kind of practices in place that helps then to kind of rebalance me or bring me back. But it's a journey I'm always on as well, Dave, and I think we all are. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and as I've known you, it's remarkable to see the transformation you've gone through because, you know, um, there's this idea of like, I see Miriam on Instagram or on social media and obviously, you know, you present well and all that type of stuff, but I know they feel like there's the, the swan <laughs> gliding on the lake. You know, there's been an awful lot of paddling to get you to where you are now. And I think it's great that you, you know, you articulate that for people because I think that the trap that people can fall into sometimes is, oh, well, she's just up there and it's dead easy. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, no, it's not that easy. And it does require that work and that type of thing, which leads me to my next question, which is um, one of the things I've, I've always taken from you as well is the idea of kind of, you know, the, having your code or your DNA, like the, the this idea of habits, practices that you engage in to help you show up. So what would you say would be the top two or three things that you try and do, you know, whether that's daily or weekly, just to help you, you know, with that idea of showing up? Yeah, I think it's, it's you know, that it's non-negotiable. It really is the, having my code, which is the calendar of daily events. And it's literally what I like to do is, you know, and I don't do it every day, but it's, you know, firstly, you have to practice it. 
so that you start to, you know, remember to do it, but then it, nor it just becomes a way of being after you practice it and implement, then it becomes a habit and then it becomes your lifestyle. So I don't really write it down anymore. I used to have a little journal beside my bed and I'd go, you know, the night, you know, at nighttime for the next day, I'd say, what's one thing I'm going to do tomorrow for my mind? What's one thing I'm, I'm going to do tomorrow that will nourish my body? And what's one thing I'm going to do tomorrow that will nourish my soul? Now it can be more than one thing, but, you know, starting small, and, and these don't have to be big things that take up a lot of time or that cost money. These are tiny, like micro things that, but when done regularly, have a huge impact on shifting and balancing the nervous system. And each day requires something potentially different, depending on how you are in that moment or what's going on for you in your life at that time. Um, but as I said, now it just kind of, I do it nearly automatically because it's more ingrained in me because I've practiced it for a long time. But for example, like even this morning I woke up and, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty and change going on. I'm, I'm moving at the minute. So I was packing up and um, I knew I was coming on, on this call with you. So I said, I really need to, you know, move or, or get my body fresh and alive this morning. And, um, you know, I was up with my little man last night. And so I have to do something for me to get me into a space of alignment, feeling fresh. So I got out to the pool and I went for a swim. It was really cold, cold water immersion therapy. But it's just, I come out feeling invigorated, alive. So that's one thing I said, okay, I'm going to do that now for my body today. And subsequently that helps my mind. My hot water and lemon is something as well that I try and ingrain every day for my body. And then what can you do for your mind? So things like before I got out of bed this morning, because I knew I didn't have a huge amount of time this morning. I knew I didn't have time to sit for 30 minutes in meditation and say, so what I'd simply do is I put my hands in my heart, I said a prayer, I got into a space of gratitude. What am I grateful for? Yes, there's a lot of change and a lot of moving parts happening, but what am I grateful for right now in this moment? And I think of a couple of things and that just floods my heart with love, it floods my body with oxytocin. And you start your day just feeling, um, feeling better in yourself, feeling blessed. And you kind of almost then send that energy out. So therefore you're picking up and you're more, likely to see the other micro elements in the day that you can be can feel blessed for so that's you know something for the mind meditation visualization breath work just deep breathing you know i was in the shower i just took five deep slow belly breaths you know that just helps again bring you out of fight or flight and bring you into that parasympathetic side of the nervous system calming slowing down recalibrating and then what's the one thing you can do for your soul so later on today I'm going to maybe try and get out to the, the beach or get out to the sea or just get out in nature because I know that brings my soul alive. Um, it might be painting, it might be drawing, it might be singing a song. It's different for everybody. Um, but that's my cause. So every day I just try and do one thing that will nourish my mind, that will nourish my body, that will nourish my soul. So it just gives me that kind of integrative approach. Now, again, it's not always every like the days you will you know go run away from you perhaps or days will be challenging but yeah. I think on those challenging days actually that we need to rein it in even more and it's often that we need those practices even more on those days so I would say to people one of the most powerful tools that we have is our breath and we can bring it anywhere with us it doesn't cost anything and it can be used at any time slow belly diaphragmatic breathing is one of the most powerful tools that we have to calm our mind to recenter our nervous system and just to bring us back to a grounded state if we are feeling overwhelmed or stressed.
Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And I, you were mentioning there about kind of, you know, practices and then they become, uh, I can't remember quite how you articulate it, but then it just becomes your lifestyle. I, I love that idea. It's, it sounds to me like it's really easy for you to kind of just kind of click into those things. But how long or how, you know, how many years of, of kind of doing that do you think that that takes? Yeah. And like, I, I wouldn't even say the word easy because I think the work requires work you know the real work requires real work and at times it's not easy you know at times like I am tired and you know and and I think as well it's a balance between listening to your body if you are genuinely really tired and you need to rest or if it's your ego and you know the kind of narrative coming in saying the victim oh poor me excuses so I think it's it's very you know we need to be able to decipher which which voice is speaking at times but I think it's you know it is you know, sometimes I get up and I don't feel like putting the runners on, you know, or I don't feel like making my hot water and maybe I, I'm, I'm craving a coffee or I'm craving, you know, sugar because I haven't slept, maybe because my little man had me up all night or, you know, yeah. so it's not always easy, but you never regret doing the things that you know nourish you. And then what I would say is like, you can give back to yourself in other ways. So like, Say if you do have your warm water and lemon, then half an hour later, you can have your coffee, you know, or so it's just trying to do um, balance it, crowd out, you know, uh, mm-hmm. adding, adding in the good things. And eventually that maybe starts to crowd out some of the less nourishing things. Um, but in terms of practice, I think it's doing the small things regularly over time, you know, even within a month of doing the small things regularly, that can really ingrain into your neural pathways creating new pathways that then become the norm and it's just committing to them and uh you know even just starting with starting with the week or starting with one day just today i'm going to do this and then tomorrow i'll just do this and just take a step by step bite size because the more we think of oh i have to do this every day for the rest of my life ah you just go into i uh, you know you panic and you go into over overwhelm so break it down into bite-sized jokes. What are the things I can do? What are the things that are in my skill set and in my capability this day or this week? And literally take it week by week. And then eventually one week leads to another, leads to another. And next thing you've a month, six months done. And then you, you, you never look back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, next question. Um, just given the range of people that you're now working with, you know, um, kind of all over the world, but what would you see as the main maybe health or well-being or performance challenges that you you see people facing right now? I think the biggest thing I see and witness all of the time, um, especially in in our community, in our social space community, and I know in, in our below the line, we, we've seen it so often as well in press pauses, um, and retreats. I think the biggest thing that surfaces, particularly in women, but not always, it's across male women, across all, all human beings, is underlining current or underlining feeling of not being enough. And you may think, well, that's nothing to do with health or well-being, but it's, it's the cornerstone or foundation of our self-belief um, which then leads into our thoughts, which then affects our, our mood, which affects the narrative, which affects the relationship we have with ourselves, which affects then how we care for ourselves or don't care for ourselves. 
which affects the vibrational frequency of all the cells in our body, the organs, the flow, the chi. So it, it absolutely is the undercurrent I see right now at the moment is just, and I've actually, I don't know if I won't say the word coined it, but I, but I, what I call it is the not enoughness syndrome. Mm-hmm. I've actually done, you know, a couple of workshops on this, just literally this, the not enoughness syndrome. And the reason I know it so deeply is because it's, it deeply resonates with me. It's where I've come from. It's been my default. It's what I've kind of grown up with feeling not enough, always feeling bad, wrong, like I've done something wrong, like I'm carrying that guilt. Yeah. Um, and that is one of the most dense, harshest emotions, low vibration frequency emo- emotions that we as human beings can carry. And if it's not released, it festers and it stews and it literally can cause stagnation and, and clog, clog, up our, clog up our physiology because our energy affects the, the matter. So I think, David, that is probably the biggest thing if you're to really dig deep. And then from that, you see symptoms arising. So it's like the roots of a tree, but then you have the trunk and then the leaves. So people might think, oh, it's the nutrition, but that's just the branch of the tree. But that actually what's driving the branch of the tree is the roots. So what's the actual belief that's driving you to not eat well? Or people might say it's sleep, but what's actually the stress that's driving you not to sleep well? It might be because you're not feeling enough and therefore you're pushing yourself you're in a job maybe that you're trying to prove yourself but it's causing you to come out of alignment so all of the symptoms may be actually brought distilled down to one belief system which is maybe you don't feel enough Hmm. and that's that's what i'm seeing right now at the moment yeah yeah wow wow very powerful um you just mentioned something there a kind of low vibrational frequencies just talk to me a little bit more about that because obviously if there's low there's high and you've i I imagine there's about tuning into that in your body or is that what you're kind of articulating so yeah so everything is energy um and i think that's the biggest revelation i had you know over the last number of years because i studied pharmacy and we were very much taught on newtonian physics, physics where everything is matter so we would look at you know even in college we'd We'd study the dead, you know, the cadavers, the, and you'd be looking at the anatomy and the physiology within the body, um, which is so important. But I remember saying to one of my lectures one day, I was like, but these people, you know, they're dead. So there's no life here. And she was like, yeah, <laughs> duh. And I was like, but there's no energy then. There's no thoughts. There's no feelings running through these, this body right now. And that really sparked, I suppose, my mind for later in life about that mind-body connection. And that's something that's a big element that's, that's missing, in, I think, in the Western world at the minute. Now, maybe it's changing. But uh, what I'm saying is that we are energy. So the energy flows through our body. If you look at our cells on the microscope, there's more energy flow in there than there is solid material or matter. So as energy, energy can then be, it's like, you know, if you put your hand in the, in the plug in the wall, you get electric, electrocuted because it would flow through the body. So we have energy flowing through us all the time. And our thoughts and the words we use carry a vibrational frequency. So thoughts like love, peace, bliss, these are kind of the highest vibration frequencies. So they are uh, very soothing on the body. The body tunes up and it's almost like, you know, if you're plugging your phone in, you charge it up. You charge it up so that the phone will light up and the phone will work and function. So how do we sync ourselves up to source? How do we charge ourselves up? How do we turn our light on? And we do that by kind of getting into a flow state or creating a, a vibrational frequency that is 
high or there's a high voltage or charge. And the best or the, you know, the, the, the best ways I suppose of doing that is how do we sync ourselves up? It's through meditation. It's connecting to source, it's connecting to life force energy. Things like yoga, things like, you know, that, that get the chi moving. The words we use carry an incredibly powerful vibration. But things that are negative, you know, fearful based words will have a lower vibrational frequency. And then this kind of condenses in the body. Um, and, you know, I've studied a lot of the ancient Eastern philosophies. Um, and in that, they would always say, you know, the flow, the energy centers, the chakras, if they're not moving or spinning in alignment, they can get blocked or energy can get stuck and stale and stagnant. And then this can cause problems in the body in terms of a physical illness and time. So we want to keep everything moving and thoughts, the thoughts we use, the stories we tell ourselves, the narratives that we are telling ourselves are either turning on ourselves or turning them off. They're either fueling them with kind of that high vibrational frequency, tuning them in, syncing them up, getting them back into alignment, recalibrating them, or they're either turning them off and getting them to kind of not sing so well um, and stick together and clump together and don't get that fluid flow then in the body. So I hope that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And that phrase, um, just, you know, they don't sing so well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, that's that's very powerful. So, I mean, it's back to stuff you were you were you were speaking about earlier around, you know, the language that you're using, your your thoughts. It's really you're encouraging people to really be conscious about those things because, and it's it's a lovely way of thinking about it, which is well, is this a is this a low vibrational kind of mood I'm kind of going to bring myself into, or do I want to be making my do I want to make yeah make them make myself sing. Yeah, and I think about it as well. It's, it's like if you're driving the car and you're, you're listening to the radio. So we all know we, we can tune into a station. And if something on that station is negative and it's all doom, gloom, fear, worry, blah, 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 you know you, you don't feel well. You feel, you, know, you come away feeling like frazzled, feeling nervous, feeling anxious. But we have the power to just literally touch another button and it tunes us into another radio station, another frequency. And there might be a really nice song playing there. And it's like one of your favorite songs. And you're the next thing you're singing in the car and you're moving. And now you feel great. So that's literally what you're doing. But every single day we are talking to ourselves, whether we know it or not, we are listening. And your cells are listening and feeling every single day, every thought you feel and every emotion you feel, every thought you think, sorry, and every emotion you feel, your cells are listening. You are with yourself every single day. And if you are being horrible and negative, to yourself and saying really nasty things imagine what your cells are then picking up on think of you driving the car so you can either tune into that lovely song and feel good or tune into the fear the worry and not feel so good yeah we have the power every single day to send ourselves more loving kind compassionate thoughts and i think as i mentioned earlier what was the biggest thing i'm finding and i said the not enoughness syndrome yeah. i think the antidote to that is self-compassion mm. i think the greatest uh, the greatest thing that we have or we can tap into for self-healing is self-compassion. Yeah. Um, I have two more questions for you. Um, first one is in, in Below the Line, we talk about this idea or our strap line is live well, perform better. Um, but I'm just wondering, what does that mean to you? What's your, your take on that? Uh, live well, perform better. Well, I think... Once you live well, which is, I think that would be different for everybody because everyone's definition of well or success for them in their life, depending on what's going on in their journey is different. 
So I think it's that we don't compare ourselves to other people's version of what that is, and we find our own. So living well, for example, in my life is when I feel at ease, when I feel calm, when I feel grounded, when I feel centered. So by default, I, in Ayurveda, my constitution would be quite vata, which is airy, wind, you know, um, kind of I can get spun around quite easily. Um, I can have a lot of tabs open. I can have a, a busy mind very easily. And that can whip me away into, uh, you know, a windmill of, of anxiety if I let it. So for me, living well is when I'm at ease, when I'm present, when I'm strong, when I'm grounded in myself. And when I do that, well, then naturally by default, I perform better. I have more clarity. I have more, uh, you know, stability. I can make uh, better decisions. I'm more creative. So I think for you, uh, for anybody listening is, what is your definition of feeling well and healthy? And then focus on that. And then naturally by default, your performance is, is going to improve. And I think, you know, that's what I've often always would say in, in corporations or business when I'm doing a health and wellbeing talk. First, I'd get to the why. Why is this even important? Because some people yeah. all roll their eyes, oh, here we go again, another. And I would say, no, like, why is this important? If you're not healthy in yourself, if you're not well in yourself, well, then you're not going to perform at your best. And not just in the workplace, but mm. in your life in general, in your relationships at, with your family, with if you're a mom or dad to your kids, you know, and we, we lead by example and they pick up by osmosis on our energy. So are we living in an energy field that is well for you? And what is that? What does that feel like? What does that well look like for you? And then how are the, what are the things that we implement, like our code, like our daily practices that allow us to stay in that energy as much as we can without being, you know, rigid because life is life and life is not always rosy. Life is not always flatlining or, you know, it's up and down and yeah. in and out and it's ebb and flow. But I think if we learn to flow with the ebb and flow, if that makes sense, we're able to surrender to things not going our way at times, uh, get perspective, reframe then that brings us back into our well space more easily, more quickly, and then we can perform better. So that's my take on it. Get well first in yourself, and then by default, you're going to perform better. Yeah, fantastic. And then last question for anyone listening to this um, or who's come across you um, and they're thinking, gosh, I would like to, I would like to live well and perform better, or I'd like to make a change, whatever it might be. What's your, what's your kind of, best piece of advice for someone who's looking to start a journey towards feeling better, being healthier, all that type of thing? I would say, um, firstly, I would say cutting out some of the noise. Uh, if you can get, get a bit more stillness in your life, a bit more silence, um, get out of the clutter, get out of the fear of everybody else's thoughts, opinions, and uh, get yourself to the woods or to the sea or to somewhere in nature, uh, leave the phone behind or leave it in the car and just listen, tune in, feel, and ask yourself or ask higher source or ask whatever it is, what is it I need right now? What is it I need? And just see what, what you feel, see what comes up for you, see what bubbles up in the heart. Uh, it might, you might hear a strong calling or you might feel an intuitive feeling and say, oh God, you know what? I'm really not in the right relationship or this job is sucking my soul away. It's killing me. Or 
I actually just need to rest more. I'm burnout, you know? So that was my, my first thing is to get a little bit of clarity. What is it, what is it you need? What are your needs? What are your desires? And then making space for them to be heard so that you can actually manifest them. If you can't manifest them, you're not going to create space for them to come in. And sometimes in order for us to do that, we need to let go of certain things that are clogging us up. Are we saying yes all the time to everybody and everything else and no to ourselves? Um, and then what I would say is, you know, maybe get a journal, get a pen, write down the top five priorities or what are the top five health or well-being um, challenges you're experiencing and things that you'd like to overcome. So it might be sleep, it might be nutrition, it might be exercise. And then beside that, say, what's one thing I can do to try and, and change this? And that might be going back to the code. So, you know, every day pick one, just one thing for your body, one thing for your mind, one thing for your soul. And the more that you do that, I think is the more that you open up the portal, you open up the cascade to feeling better. And then when you feel better, you naturally want to do better for yourself. And I think it's a vicious cycle then. So that's what I would, I would recommend. Get a bit of stillness, get a bit of uh, get into a space of solitude so you can actually hear, dial down the noise from everybody else and the external world so that you can tap into your own, your own voice, your own intuition. That might yeah. be getting on a yoga mat. It might be, you know, going up a mountain, whatever it is. But uh, or if you don't have that time, it might even just be going in to the bathroom and closing the door and taking five minutes on your own and getting away from the kids. <laughs> so um, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, but I would say as well, my last, I suppose, give... Um, Parting advice would be, please, please, please be kind to yourself. I think we have enough hatred in our world. We have enough, you know, segregation. We have enough uh, discrimination. We have enough uh, fear. We have enough finger pointing. Please, please, if it could be anything in the world, is to be kind to yourself and kind to others. And if we can just change one person's life by being kind in one day and keep doing that every single day and we ripple out more kindness into our world, well, then that's the greatest service I think we can be for ourselves and to others. Fantastic. Fantastic. I think you might have created a new um, phrase there, the positively or the viciously positive cycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there may be something in that. But no, Miriam, we... we um, We'll leave it there. Um, I'm conscious of your time, but thank you so much for uh, dialing in this morning. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Um, and I hope I'll get to see you in person uh, soon. Um, but no, other than that, in terms of um, Soul Space and what you're doing, um, just to let people know, you know, what's what's on the horizon in 2022? Uh, yes. Yeah, so firstly, thank you, Dave. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me to be here and chat. And I always, always love our conversations. So thank you for holding the space and for drawing that out of me this morning. Um, in terms of soul space, yes, it's uh, it's my huge, huge passion in life. And uh, I suppose one of the silver linings from the whole of COVID was we created an online community. And from that, that's just, you know, grown. And I'm just in awe every single day by the incredible people that have come together. I am blown away by their stories. Um, I'm inspired every day by them. Um, we create the space, but you know, the people in it are just incredible. And it just makes me want to keep doing what I do. Um, it's a space where people can grow, transform, connect, 
um, and then they have resources and access every single day to so many incredible, powerful workshops, talks, yoga classes, meditations, breath work, physical sessions, uh, thoughts for the day, self-reflective prompts, journaling. Like there's just so much there. But that aside, it's the love, the connection, the growth between people and the community. Uh, and for me, that is, that's everything. So that's that's growing and still evolving. And uh, we even have created a soul space choir that has come from it. Um, it's just amazing things that are unfolding. Wow. Um, and then we have our national concert hall event booked for February as well, the 27th, which is our, will be our first live event in two years, um, which is exciting. So um, that's booked for February. And then, uh, yeah, just lots, lots of, uh, I think the community for me is, is my main focus at the minute. Um, and then obviously I love, I love what I do in terms of talks and, and keynotes and, uh, and I just, yeah, it's, it's a passion that's growing and I'm so, so proud of it actually. I'm so proud of the people in it um, for their, for their, for their commitment to self. And, uh, yeah, so that's where we're at with that. Oh yeah. Fantastic. And you should be proud. Fantastic, Miriam. Listen, thanks a million again. And um, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Dave. God bless.